podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're here. This is a view from the bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for kingdomofthegiants.com. Today's Wednesday, the 12th of October, 2022. My name's Patrick Smith. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and you can download us, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anger FM, and a load more of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, a mixed weekend, oh, sorry, a mixed week of games for the Belfast Giants in league and CHL action. We'll discuss those three games shortly. Uh, the fan agenda will be a simple affair. We'll be just taking your questions and asking to the panel. Uh, we'll look at the uh, the winner of the pre- month award for September, sponsored by Phonocab, maybe a bit of news, not least a bit out of Glasgow. And the Blazers are our guests at the SSE Arena this weekend with two games, one game at home, one game against over there in Coventry. Uh, Mr. McGimsey, you cold? Cost of living crisis, Paddy. I, um, I logged on to my, I got an email from my energy provider today. And they told me how much my energy bills had actually tripled. So I haven't haven't brave putting the gas on yet this month. So uh, I will just have to, uh, you know, put the hat on instead. <laughs> and back with us for a bit of a cameo, hot on the heels of his trip to Sweden, Mr. Simon Kitchen. How are you? Don't be expecting too much tonight, gentlemen. I am naggered. Absolutely busted, mate. A flying it's... trip to the North, the, the North Pole. Uh, it's not all the you know the, the boys and like I wasn't even playing. It's but you just you get the gist of exactly what players have to go through to do what they do, and 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 uh, you know it literally is just about travel, rest, play, rest, recuperate, get battery for the next game, and and a you know a two day trip to to um, Sweden um, and you know for CHL, and that that's the price of. Success obviously winning the league last year and then ending up playing the Champions Hockey League, which is where you want to be. Um, but uh, it's it's a tough trip for for any, but not just a chance for for a lot of teams as well. But uh, yeah, it's yeah, that is what it is. Well, you're here, mate. We, it's good to have you back, even if you are a bit busted. We'll uh, we'll do this as quickly as we can and make it as painless as we possibly can. Um, we will get to the games very, very shortly, but unfortunately, and it, it seems to be the, the last couple of weeks, but unfortunately, we actually start with another piece of sad news. Uh, we learned this morning of the passing of the longtime commentator of the Belfast Giants and a giant to us all, uh, Mr. Wayne Hardman. Davey passed away. Yeah, Paddy, I um, I don't know, for those who believe in like the universe sending out the vibes or whatever, I woke up, I think it was either last Thursday or last Friday morning, and I can't explain why. But I just had Wayne Hardman in my head. And as I say, I hadn't been thinking about him prior to that. Sent him an email and it bounced back. And I knew um, that he hadn't been really on the computer much. With the, He had a stroke in 2017. So I sent Louise uh, just a text. And I followed it up with a phone call to Ronan, actually. And, and Louise came back to me about an hour later and said, look, Wayne had taken ill on holiday. And he was in hospital, actually, in Exeter. So hence that 
that triggered a little tweet I put on last week and we were able to send them lots of messages, get well soon messages and best wishes from a lot of people that knew Wayne from, from back when he was more involved with the Giants. And, and unfortunately, Louise phoned this morning just to say that things hadn't worked out with Wayne and he had passed away very, very sadly this morning. And I know that, you know, you can be glib about these things and say he will be missed, but we have missed Wayne over the last number of years when he hasn't been about. We've thought of him often. We've talked about him on the on the podcast at times as well, and you know we'll remember good times of Wayne. He, we, I, my one of my favorite things about Wayne was being in the press conferences at the playoff weekend. He would always get first question every time. Yep. Didn't matter who the game was, what it was. Wayne would have for, and it would be a long question. And sometimes you'd have a coach who just got defeated there, sitting just going, "Right, come on, get to the point here." And Wayne would more or less be breaking down the game for him rather than really asking a question, but. You know, he knew his hockey inside out. Obviously, came to the United Kingdom years ago, ran a hockey team in Brighton, ran uh, an American football team, the Brighton Bombers, in, um, or the B-52s in, um, in Brighton as well. And then, obviously, when he came to, to live in Enniskill, that run up and down the road a couple of times, sometimes, or three times a week, maybe at times, would he come up and he would, he would sit there with Gary Gillespie and had some brilliant, brilliant comments about when they used to hand the cookies out and, and different bits and pieces. But Wayne will, like we say, once a giant, always a giant and all. I don't want to be glib about it. Wayne will be remembered. And um, he was just a great character amongst some great characters that we've been fortunate to spend time with in the Belfast Giants. It's funny you mention that. I think about the about the um, the press conferences at the playoffs, it was one of the first things that actually came into my head when we think about Wayne and about, you know, uh, about the, how it used to be really, really long questions, but very knowledgeable questions. And, and he always had chats with, with, you know, the players, the chats with the, with the, the coaches and he, and he showed the, his passion for the game. And Simon, you know, obviously, you know, you inherited that with regards to being on Giants, uh, on the Giants commentary and, and you followed on, you even, you did a bit of commentary with Wayne. It was actually Wayne that, that contacted me. He came down to, um, he, I mean, he came to like the Irish, the, the Ireland team games, our team Ireland games, and we played in the World Championships. And he actually went to Iceland in 2006 as well. And he did a bit of commentating for, I think it was an early webcast back then. Um, and he asked me would I get involved and, you know, come down because Gary Gillespie wasn't available all the time. And I said, yeah, I'll give it a go. And, and it's, it's Wayne's fault that I'm murdering names every on a weekly basis. Um, <laughs> You know, he used to come out with some crackers as well. But, uh, um, you know, I always sort of, unfortunately, when people pass away, I always sort of look at the good times more than the bad times, if you know what I mean. And hmm. um, I'm unfortunate to say he's no longer with us. But uh, <laughs> there's, that's Neil, Neil uh, Whiteside sent me that photograph today. Um, and I remember sitting there doing the games with him. Obviously, we didn't have the, the luxury of doing it in the suites at that time. And you had to do it from in between, I think it was door six and seven. Um, but uh, look, he, he, Wayne is is an absolute legend. He's the nicest guy, and um, as David and, and yourself said, Paddy, very very knowledgeable. Um, but I I just learned what I do now from Wayne. To be honest, um, you know, he's sort of looking at the notes that he's taken, and and you've seen it in the last video clip there, just a few wee notes about each player and what have you. Um, but uh, it's his fault that I'm on Belfast Giants TV and I and every other fan base in the country. So, um. Well done, Liam. It, it it's very much one of these that, like, from from my perspective, and maybe yours as well, Davy. When when you move away from Belfast and and in the years that have gone by, you know, your contact with the Giants has been yourself, says you know, doing the commentary. And as you went back, not just when it went to to um 
video, but even when it was just audio, you know, when we were relying on what was basically radio commentary coming from the SSC arena, and it was like some, it, it was you know it was Gary and Wayne, or it was Nigel and Wayne, and but Wayne was always a part of that noise of voice. Then when you look back at if you can get some of those old clips, it's Wayne's voice that that accompanies a hell of a lot of it, and and it, it's Wayne's voice that you tie into a lot of those early days of the commentary of the coverage of the Belfast Giants when you could actually get it, and you know we are very privileged now i'd say to have you know webcasts from right across the country now now every team has a live webcast at last but uh but back then there wasn't many and 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 davy wayne was the, was the voice that accompanied that i guess the giants were a bit like a bit of a trailblazer for the league it always happening yeah. and you know and and you know will lead and other teams following that's that's you know it's flattery i suppose for the, the club but i remember listening to a game, well, following IH update and listening to it on like 52k <laughs> yeah. dial up on a train in South Africa <laughs> the night that the Giants, it's the famous Jason Ruff and Stay Down fight with Darren Hurley where Jason Bone got hurt. It's a bit of a Donny Brook against, um, I don't know whether it was you, says or whether it was Gary Gillespie. And I remember Wayne talking about it. And, you know, again, I said earlier on, you know, we'll have a drink tonight to Wayne, whoever has one there. If you want to send a wee picture, if you want to send a message in, We'll get them all to Louise, and uh, you know, I know at this time that her knowing that the Belfast Giants fan base thought just quite so much of Wayne has been a real comfort to her because um, we talked just the other week about Jim Gillespie, and we talked about make sure people know while they're here how important they are to you. Doesn't matter what they are in your life, just make sure they know how important. And we were fortunate enough to be able to let Wayne know a little bit of that last week. So, you know, from me and from the AVFTB boys to you, Wayne. And uh, thank you. Cheers, man. And with that, we move on to the actual games. The Belfast Giants return to Elite Leap. Sorry, that um, that that whiskey is actually just <coughs> went the back of my throat. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> It's nice though. The uh, we the Belfast Giants returned to league competition with a trip back to Dundee. Funnily enough, we spent a lot of time over there, but it was a seven-one win for your Belfast Giants. Uh, Sanch with the only goal for the Dundee Stars with Cooper Goodwin, Cooper again, Goodwin again, Rupp, Conway, and Bast scoring for the Giants. With regards to goalkeepers. Uh, Jackson Whistle and Net for the Belfast Giants, 26 shots against, one goal against. And for the Dundee Stars, Anton Svensson started the game. He only lasted 43 minutes, 36 shots against, five goals against. He was replaced by Bryson Priest, who played 17 minutes, 15 shots against, and two goals against. Referees were Graham Roger and Andy Dalton. Um, Davey, after a bit of a cagey first period, it was one-way traffic for the Belfast Giants. Yeah, a bit like CHL action with other teams. The Dundee kind of hung with us, I thought, quite well. But then we scored goals, I think, twice in the game. We scored in bunches of three in quick succession. Goal, 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 goal. Uh, and just the goals either side of the end of the second period, start of the third period, really broke the back of the game. I think even though, I think at 1-0, Simon might agree, might disagree. I think at 1-0, probably the game was over. And it was a bit like the game the other week. Once we got the goal, I don't think we looked in any danger of of losing the fixture. Um, but good to see, you know, goals spread throughout the lineup. A couple of, couple of helpers coming from the back end as well, which is good to see. Um, I think Gabe Bast over the course of the last three games is something like 20 plus shots on target. So, you know, he's getting warmed up at, at the back end. And uh, 
you know, it was good um, with West coming in between the pipes. It allows us to play that extra import. Though I think did we, did we have did um, Jeff Bomb said I Saturday night says yeah, yeah. Jeff Bomb so, and Angeli. Oh, I thought Angeli played on. Sorry, you're right. Angeli did play Saturday. Angeli played Saturday, night. Saturday, Sunday. Um, but <clears> I, I look, I thought it was a comprehensive enough win without going into too much detail because we'll have plenty of Dundee Stars games to analyze over the season. I just I thought that the way we scored. <laughs> Thought the way we scored the goals and, and those two wee quick bursts of three goals just, you know, we can take games away from teams really quick. I think that's it, Simon, is we can take, when we are on our game, and especially we saw that, like, one of the, the game against the Glasgow clan last week that you commentated on, and, and this game, and when the Giants do get into that role, then we do take games very quickly. Yeah, and that, but again, it's it's bursting the bubble. You, you just need to get the first goal. And this, this league... This year, and I know again, it looks like that. That was an easy game, and all intents and purposes, it was an easy game against Dundee. Um, you know, they're short on bodies. I believe they lost another guy for the season um, okay. uh, on Sunday night against the, the Steelers. Um, so it's been a tough start for Mace. You know, it's he's one of our mates, and um, and even though he's in Dundee, like you know, and he, it's first coaching job, and I wish him all the best. The part when he's playing us, but you know, th- this league is so. Um, stacked this year, you know, that, that's very, that's, that's a level crossing if you want to put it that way, because there's going to be teams the whole way through the season that are going to take points off people, maybe apart from Glasgow. Um, uh, but the, the, it's just, I, I expected a tougher task going, going to Dundee on Saturday night. Um, and it was great to see that, you know, as Davey said, yes, there was goals throughout the lineup, but ultimately it's the first line that's getting, I think, mm-hmm. that 11 points. On Saturday night, Davey. Yeah. Um, and they can't keep doing that every single game. The, the rest of the lineup needs to step up. Yeah, Gabe Bass got a goal, and, um, you know, but there, there's other guys throughout the lineup that need to step up. Um, and, you know, that's not just me saying that. That's, you know, they all know that. They're all professional hockey players. They all want to get their, their points out of the, the roster and the lineup. Um, and they all want to play, which is the, the best thing. And unfortunately, Adam's got to leave two out every night, and we're, we've got that luxury so far this season. Um, but you know, it, it, this is a long, long season, and you can't just keep depending on your so-called top line to score all the points. So hopefully, you know, it is it's something in the not too distant future that we do start to pick up extra um, goals right the whole way through up the lineup. So yeah, again, wasn't really much of a, t- a test on Saturday night. Um, and obviously that led in the Sunday. Just watching the replays there, Paddy, as they come around. And we've 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 scored similar goals this season. And we've also, when we go into Sunday, although I haven't clipped the goals against, we've conceded similar goals at times as well. You have that one where you come down the half wall, round the back of net, night in front. And I think it's Jill Burr the other week, scores it just and Sammy Roop scores an identical goal there, comes out just into the bottom of the circle and he pops it into the far top corner, pat over the over the top of the glove hand. So there's there's little things that are we're doing well. We just have to Connect, connect the dots a little bit, and we'll talk about that because I know me and Sam were talking last night about the CHL and, and connecting passes, and that's so important. But depth will come. There's there's quality in the depth, and it's just for Adam just to find those guys going together. You know, Goody Cons and, and Coops are going well together at the minute, and there's there's green shoots from other lines. But Sam says they're paid to put the puck in the net, so it's just up to Adam to, to find those combinations, and that'll come good. 
the highlights of this game, of course, you know, I think we'll leave that there because, like you say, we've got a lot of games against the Stars, which we'll analyze, but the highlights of that game are available online from our friends at Stars TV. And we'll move to the next night, and it was the first league game at home for the Belfast Giants and the first visit of the Guildford Flames, unfortunately, for the Giants. It was a 4-2 defeat at home. Uh, Conway McCauley with the two goals for the Belfast Giants with Cronella, Tedesco, Erickson and Markland scoring for the Guildford Flames, that last one being an empty net goal. Uh, in nets, uh, Jones with 23 shots against, three goals against, and Eamon McAdam with 50 shots against and only two goals against. Referees were Pavel Hallis and Andrew Jarvie. says, I look, I look at those shot counts uh, and it just you can't help but think McAdam had an absolute stunner every game. He played very well. Um, <laughs> celebrated like he won the Stanley Cup, to be honest, but uh, he played very, <laughs> very well. Uh, made important saves at important times. Um, and let, let make no mistake about it, this Guildford team is a lot better than it has been for a long, long time. Um, they, they're they fast. They they just, they're relentless. They played, you know, they've played, I think they played, was it Thursday, Saturday, Sunday? Um, they get beat by Cardiff the night before. What are you looking for your pen for? I've lost my pen in three seven kitchen fashion. Um, <laughs> the uh, he uh, <laughs> you're a gimp. Um, <laughs> the uh, but the the you know I thought they played very very well. Um, they they sort of just kept coming at you and the, the speed that they have coming through the middle and uh, that was very impressive. And for us, it's you know I actually text David during the game. Unfortunately, he didn't see it. That's the yeah. first time they ever beat us at the SSA Arena. Yep. Um, was that their first know, win so, at the SSA? Their first that. win at the SSA arena. I, I, I was ninety nine percent sure that uh, when I was doing the commentating, but I, I always like to obviously check with Davey, and I just didn't have time to check the the, the fixture list that we had through. Uh, but yeah, it's the first time they ever beat us at, at home. So um, we've got a very very good record against them. We ended up beating them six and zero last year, uh, but they're a different team this year. They played very very well, and unfortunately, we just couldn't get that you know that tie up goal. Um, for to make it three three, and when we yeah. scored to, to make it three two, I was sitting thinking, and, and what you know what, what a really nice goal that was from from Colby out front, um, the high slot and tipped at home, and and when we got that, I'm sitting hoping, you know, you know what, we've got a chance here. We've done it already two times this season at home, coming back from behind to take it to overtime and um in the Challenge Cup, and and I was hoping that was going to be the case, but unfortunately, just one trip too far. But I actually thought the boys looked a bit tired on, on Sunday night. You know they've. They've played a lot of hockey. They've done a lot of traveling. Um, and uh, as one of them said this morning, thank goodness that that CHL journey is over because we can just concentrate on domestic competition now. So um, well done to Guilford. They, they played very, very well. Um, but uh, let's say we'll be ready for them next time for sure. Davey, they're, they are a strong team. I've noticed a comment here from Matt Patton saying, you know, likes of Tate for the Flames is some set of wheels on them. You know, they do have that that speed and that ability, especially on the wing. And, and you know, they are top of, you know, obviously they've played more games than most people, but they have, they've won six out of their eight games and they sit top of the Elite League at the moment. I'm going to test says number six for the Flames, says... Um... Lalonde? Can't remember, um, but he makes a great play in the first goal. He, he comes down around the circles and goes around the back of his net, and he feeds he feeds it to Tate, and Tate's gone the races. Um, gets down right down the, the right wing, and, and our whole and they did it quite a lot during the game. They collapsed us to one side of the ice, and then hit us on the on the on the other side of the ice with the the third man coming in. Um, that first goal has gone down behind our net, and the D man has had to go and make the play. Actually, we talked about it on Saturday night, but and watching in retrospect, he has to make that play. 
But their third man coming in is just in the slot all alone, scores the goal. So they turned us a lot and they used a lot of speed and transition. They used it. Would you call it cheating? Says, you know, they, they, they gambled more than cheated. You know, they, they left a man high. And for if we turned the puck over, which we've been guilty of doing quite a lot lately, you turn the puck over and bang the long, the stretch pass was away and they were in, they took their opportunities. You know, somebody texted me the other day, are Guilford the real deal? Hard to say because we've only played them once and it's still early in the season, but they are better than, than what I've seen from them in a number of years. And, you know, and a team that comes, we've talked about on the podcast about our own team, speed kills in this league. And if you've got players that have got speed and skill to burn, you're you're going to struggle against them. And as Simon says, it's been a difficult time in terms of these European trips. We're not like a Skellefteå where, uh, where we can play on Saturday night and charter a flight to Belfast and arrive Sunday morning and have a couple of days of skating or sightseeing or whatever they did before they play on a Tuesday night and, and then take a flight out the next day. Simon, let's tell you, you know, where were we were in Dundee on Saturday. And then having to travel back Sunday for the game, having a day, and then did you leave Monday? Yeah, first thing Monday morning. So, so you know, so you travelled Saturday, travelled Sunday, travelled Monday, played Tuesday, travelled Wednesday. The guys must be exhausted. It's just, you know, if you were doing that for your own job without having to try and play a hockey game in between, you'd be exhausted. So, hopefully, a couple of days rest here. I've got to do it all again at the weekend and these domestic games. And and the sorry to labour a point, but two points in you know we say this often over the years, two points in October in the elite league is as important as two points in March. So you, know, f- you just don't get a chance to take a night off. How frustrating! And I know that a lot of people have highlighted. We're not you new, know, and I know Simon is is the leader of the of the fan club, and rightly so, a great great player. But how frustrating was it to see Ben Lake take a roughing penalty at that point in the game when we're three two and trying to get back in the match? Says. At the time, I'm sitting thinking, you know, we we complained a lot last year and maybe the year before when people are taking liberties. First of all, that was a bad hit. That was a really, really bad Mm -hmm. hit. I'm surprised there's been no supplementary discipline from it, to be very, very honest. That hit is not unlike Ben Lake's hit last year in Coventry when he got through the game and he got suspended. So I haven't seen anything from EIHL yet. Uh, to say if that is the, the case. With regards to Laker doing what he did, as soon as he did it, I think he realised, uh, you know what, and in fairness, the other guy went down as if he was shot by a sniper from 200 feet. So, you know, but that's what you get. You get suckered into doing that. Laker sticking up for his teammate um, and then maybe in hindsight, he, you know, had about had a better chance of getting that power play and, and maybe getting it tied up. But, look, it's a long, long season. Um, Ferguson, uh, in my opinion, should have been should have been more than a three minute penalty for sure, and then we would have ended up on the power play. But um, again, referees say things differently, and unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But I think Ben would have held his hands up in the dressing room. He's, he's big and bold enough to to do that. I think he would have held his dress or the dressing room. Just you know, guys, you know, bad decision. But um, I don't blame him for it in one bit. I think he's. I probably. Do you know what? I'd have done exactly the same myself. Davey. I'm okay with it. Um, obviously disappointed it, it ended up with um I think we went four on four with put the goalie hasn't worked out for us. Um game's changed. Uh and, and obviously you've got the suspension rules as well where you fight in the last few minutes of the game. You know, we talked about this as well the other night, Simon. It's not like you can just go in there and you, you have a you know, you probably have the fur dig uh Stephen Stephen Nolan one there, but you know, it's, you can't you can't just be having that you can't be having those anymore because 
one Ben Nick gets throughout a game probably gets a suspension for for instigating etc. So what are his options there? Because he's really just bumped them. And as Sam says, he's he's gone down. He's he's skidded over to go. You can't do that. And he's given him a little bump, and he's got a roughing penalty for it. So um, it's one of those. Sam's articulated very well. I'm sure he's probably disappointed with the outcome. Um, there's long memory in this game, you know, and the guys have taken yeah. a number there. Unfortunately, nobody's taken an injury, which is the main thing for us. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to be hypercritical of it because. It was one of those instant... It wasn't like the red mist came down. He knew what he was doing, and unfortunately, these things happen. Do you know what? What if he didn't hit him? And we and somebody else takes another liberty. Like as I, I say, agree. Ferguson shouldn't have done that. It's a bad hit from Ferguson. He threw the right knee out on Chad Butcher coming through the middle at speed. He the Injuries like that are potential injuries that got can end careers. And it's, it was not a good play by, by Chad Ferguson. So well, if he didn't do it, we're, we're slagging everybody off. We're not sticking up for their teammates. And for me, that's not acceptable. The Fair thing enough. is, Simon, if the game is changing and, and the game is clearly changed, if you just look at the stats on fighting, if you like fighting, stroke roughing within the game, the game has changed. Faster, more skilled games. That's where referees and dops have to protect players because if players aren't allowed to kind of police the game as they've done for many years. If they're not allowed to police the games themselves, it's up to the referees to police the games, and if they miss it, stops to step in. For me, that name isn't a two-minute minor, um, so I don't even know if Dops can review that. There's no injury in the play. You know, I, I don't know what the actual... Don't think they can. You know, whether it's even reviewable. Um, he's got away with one there, but he mightn't get away with it forever. True. The highlights of this game are from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV and it's time to move on because the Belfast Giants had one last game that they played in the last week and that of course came last night in the Champions Hockey League. It's the game against Galeftia in Sweden, the one that's left Simon dying for this podcast to end soon so he can get back <laughs> to bed. Delighted to be joined by the voice behind the mic on the commentary throughout the CHL and for your coverage on Premier Sports, that is Aaron Murphy. How are you doing, Murph? Hey, fellas, how are you? Doing really well. Thanks for joining us, mate. Let me just bring up the statistics for the game. The Belfast Giants took a trip over to Sweden and they faced uh, Schellefte. And let me just find out where I put that. There it is there. And it was a 4-1 win for the Swedes. Muller, Sandberg with two and Lindstrom with the fourth. And Kobe McCauley getting the only goal for the Belfast Giants in the second Period. Um, Murph, I'll start with you on this. Obviously, you know, there were quite a few changes happening in this left your team, and uh, you know, but still, it's a team of high quality that took on the Belfast Giants. Look, those guys are first in the SHL. I mean, a lot of people would argue the second best league in the world, so it doesn't really matter. They've got kids at under 18s and under 20s who play the exact same system as they do on the senior team, so. I think they had two 16-year-olds, two 17-year-olds, an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old come in, replacing six regulars, the likes of Tom Kunakel, uh, former Stanley Cup champion, didn't play. But, I mean, the goalie was 18 years old as well. And you can't tell me other than the full face cage, you wouldn't have known that those were kids. Like, they, they play like men. They play the same system down in the U-20 setup for Schlefti on the U-18. Some of them played U-17s for Sweden last year, so... I mean, they're class. I mean, there's five or six of those guys will be NHL draft picks over the next few years. So it didn't matter who was in the lineup. The Giants were going to be in tough there. That's a tough building to play, Craft Arena. I mean, Siz knows he was there. Um, they're in, in first in the SHL for a reason, and that's a fortress 
for them most nights. And, and certainly the Giants played hard. I thought the Giants were great five on five. Power play never really got going in the CHL, which might have been their undoing to some degree over the two games against Sheleftio because they had every reason to, to think they could have got something out of the game, especially at SSE Arena. Simon, as as Murph just said there, you know, you had the you had the benefit of being there in person and, and, and seeing what that arena's like, what that team's like. What was the difference in the game? They scored four goals. We only scored Thanks, one. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Okay. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> well, you know welcome what? back, guys. It's it's staying out of the penalty box, mate. Um I think it was nine minors we took, or right, three alert were um incidentals. But the, the challenge that you have is as Murph's already said it, I mean the 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 facilities these guys have, there's, I mean, just look at that goal there. It was a mistake at coming through center ice by us, and what a finish by the kid. But they've got they've got quality the whole way throughout the lineup. I mean, they've got on that site where Craft Arena is the three pads, three ice pads, and the space of you could fit them into half the SSE car park. Um, and that's that. That's just. It's it's ridiculous. The 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 kids that played there. The, there's a, the number five. I can't remember his name. Murphy come up with Sandine, it. Right uh, Axel Sandine Pelica, probably the best player on the ice over the two games. I was speaking. I was speaking to um, one of the management team from Shelfia last night, uh, and she was telling me that um, they're expecting him to go high in the first first round of the draft pick. And watching him last night doesn't surprise me in the slightest. The kid is absolute quality. He's so calm on the puck. And if we just watch these these guys move the puck about. And and yes, we make it easy for him by by taking the penalties. But as, as Murph's already said as well, five on five, we did not look out of place on this game. And we did not look out of place last weekend, last Tuesday against them as well. Um, we could skate with them. But, you know, it, it's just the, the power play, three power play goals last night. Uh, Jonesy come up with some big saves. Um, but they take nothing away from from Shilefdio. They are absolute quality. They're they're sitting at the top of their league for for good reason. Um, and uh, they they could really go. They could go on and win this tournament this year. To be honest, I think they they've got a really good chance. They were they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. They certainly. I mean, you look at that team, and to bring in six teenagers. But all six of those teenagers are as good as the ex-NHL players and the ex-Stanley Cup champions that, that were sitting. And it's interesting that you bring up actual standing Pelica because Colin Shields last week said to me a few times, this kid's the best player in the building, and he's 17. And he's better than Joachim Lindstrom. He's better than – like, it's unbelievable. He's better than Petter Granberg. So imagine when he's 18 or 19 and he's got another few years of, of bulking up. And, I mean, his skating is unbelievable – but I mean, even the goalie last night says, I mean, you watch that kid, he's he's six foot two, he's 18 years old, and he he doesn't he looks like a senior goalie. He moves, he makes the right plays, he's up against the post. There was a play where Coops is shooting for the pad because he knows Conway's there, and he thinks like if that's in the elite league, Conway's gonna hammer it home. But there's just no way to score on guys like that. And it's just it, it's funny because when you think, oh, they're going to bring in six teenagers, you might be okay. But I remember being in she- uh, Sheffield a few years ago when the Steelers were in the Champions Hockey League and Frolunda left Joel Lundquist and everybody at home. Frolunda took a charter to, to Sheffield that morning and it was their under-20 team. And I heard a few geniuses in the building in Sheffield say, oh, we're, we're going to have a chance to beat these guys tonight. They brought the 20-year-olds and the 18-year-olds and it didn't matter. Sheffield didn't have a chance that night because these under-20 teams in, in Sweden are 
are special. They're different, just different gravy altogether. David? Paddy's muted there. He's asking a question, but we'll <laughs> I'm, 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 microphone I'm glad he is muted because I thought I was. Uh, do you know what? I was chatting away there and I was just basically talking to myself and I forgot I took the mic off. Davey, oh, what I was going to say about five on five is the fact that, you know, as Murph had said, you know, five on five last week, we spoke about how well the Belfast Giants had played against this team. And again, I, I agree with Murph. I thought five on five, we were giving them a game. I guess these are the positives that, that Adam and, and the, the organization will take out of the whole CHL trip is that, you know, five on five for large majorities of games that we skated with some of the very best teams in Europe and, and we give them games five on five. I guess um, the special teams has been the, has been the story of the CHL. I think uh, doing the stats earlier on, I think we've taken over 20 minors in the sort of ones that Simon would describe as not... Uh, hasten to say the lazy ones, but the hook and the hold and the trip and the ones if you keep your feet moving, you mightn't take... But against these teams, they just are always moving. And, and you get, we talked last night, their power play, the differences between the difference makers, every single pass is tape to tape. Those guys do not have to adjust to take a pass. Whereas maybe at the EIHL level, and when we get on power plays, sometimes it's slightly into the skates or slightly stretched just ahead where they're just not getting, and they just need that little microsecond that they're getting more than we are. And, I think uh, over the course of the CHL, you know, I think we conceded eight in the power play and we only scored one. So special teams, you can't give these penalties away and, and you know, or you're dead. And, and that's what that's kind of going to be the story. But yeah, we can be proud of, of the adversity of, of the trips we face versus these teams. We talked about, Mark's talked about as well, you know, chartering flights in and being well rested to play against us where we're flying out at Dublin at 4.30 in the morning to, you know, for a, a, a two-day, three-day, you know, seventy-two hour trip to Sweden and back. Um, after facing, you know, a, a weekend in Scotland and, and having to come back and play a game on Sunday, so it's difficult to go Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. Sounds like I'm making excuses, I'm not. But this is the real world that the Belfast Giants are playing in versus the team in Trinets or wherever it was with a swimming pool in their locker room. You know, there's levels to this. There's levels to this game in the CHL, and unfortunately, we're just down at the bottom at the minute. But you know you've got to you've got to aspire you've got to attain for that greatness and you know we went into it looking to win six out of six and we've came away with a win we've won the face off battle across the course but you know against some of the best teams in Europe fifty two percent of face off across the course so there's little things to take from it I think we can be proud of the six games that we've put in I think that's I, I a really think, interesting po- really sorry six go ahead I, I just think that I mean it's not just last night and last Tuesday five on five. I thought that all six games, five on five, we skated with, with every single uh-huh. team. Trinach and Davos, and we didn't look out of place. But it's that, you know, the way they move the puck around the outside. And, and you know, it, it's trying to get the puck off five guys who are just really confident. And, and a lot of them have been playing together for a long time. And then especially in Sweden, you know, there's a lot of guys there who just know each other's game inside out. And, and you just don't realize how much energy you put into you know, stop and start and turning around, keeping your head on a swivel, trying to basically pick up where the puck's going to because it's moving about that fast. Um, and it's, again, it's not just that uh, she left the old yesterday, but it's, it's Davos on Trinich. These teams, Trinich basically take a month off a year and they skate 11 months of the year. That's what the quality that you're up against. I can say five on five, we did not look out of place against any of these teams. Yes, when you make mistakes at this level, you get punished. And that's what beat us, especially... Wasn't it Trinich scored three goals in the space of like four and a half minutes in the first game? Um, but 
that, that's what you're up against. And that's what you, as Davy says, that's where you strive to be. You want to be in the Champions League and you deserve to be in the Champions League by finishing first in the league um, at uh, in the IHL. So it was an experience that one of those ones that you, you want to take part in. You want to see what where you are level-wise. Five on five, we're there under that with, with regards to taking guys off the ice for penalties. That's the challenge. I think that's the wider discussion as well, especially coming out of that. Obviously, Belfast Giants have now had two forays into the Champions Hockey League, and of those two forays, they've had two wins, both against Czech opposition at, at, at home. And the question comes, you know, about benefits. And, and there are questions about, you know, of UK teams taking part of the Champions Hockey League. And you want to be part of that top table. You want to take part of and test yourself against the best. But overall, is there a benefit to that, Murph? Uh, look, I think players, I think it's a great recruitment tool. I've heard people say various things. Oh, well, it really has no benefit. It costs money, this and that. But I, I think if you say to a guy, you look at Conway or Cooper and those guys that maybe were looking like J.J. Pickenich, well, what's out there for someone like me? And you look at what's on the table and Adam Keefe goes, yeah, but you're going to get to play in the Champions Hockey League. Come back to us and, and I'm going to make sure you're on that first power play against some of the best teams in Europe. You're going to get to play against the likes of Davos or you're going to get to go and see that beautiful building in Davos. These are recruitment tools, but also, I mean, I think all of us know it. Guys want to pit themselves against the best. I mean, most of these guys uh, maybe played some uh, NHL exhibition games or maybe had a cup of coffee in the NHL, but like when you're in the premier sports elite league, you probably don't think you're going to the NHL, but if someone says to you, you got a chance to play against the best team in Sweden or the best team in Switzerland, that's a really that's a really nice benefit of going and playing for the Belfast Giants or the Cardiff Devils in the past or the Nottingham Panthers. And you look at it, I think some of the best moments that we've had in that tournament from the EIHL entrance are those magical nights. And there was nearly a magical night last Tuesday when you led 2-1 after 40 minutes. Um, the game against Trinitz, I mean, for me, that's a magical moment that I'll forget. I won't forget because that's when I realized that Peyton Jones is the real deal and probably a pretty good replacement for Tyler besker Awani. I mean, a 10-round shootout I mean, against Trinitz? It's unbelievable. With ex-NHL players bearing down on him, I mean, I mean, for me, little things like I know the Macaulay goal last night. I mean, he's not going to take anything from that. It's not, a, you know, he's not going to take personal goals as, as a positive. But how about the screen by Kieran Long? How about guys just embracing the moment? I mean, Kieran Long doesn't show up on the score sheet. But Kobe McCauley doesn't score if Longer's not posted up in front last night. I mean, I mean, Kieran Long wore the top scorer jersey at a home game. These are moments that players aren't going to forget, right? And it's it's important that we remember that, you know, a lot of these guys don't think, never thought NHL was a possibility or even playing in the SHL. And now all of a sudden on a Tuesday night, you're in the in the building of the SHL's number one team and you're, you're scoring goals and you're competing five on five and, I mean, Peyton Jones has cemented himself as probably one of the best goalies in the elite league on the back of that. So I think the benefit of it is it far outweighs the negative of the travel and the expense and all that. I mean, you talk to any of the players, Cooper, Conway, those guys, they would have loved that last night. Davey, say anything out on that? I just wanted Murph was talking about their 18-year-old goalie. So we're sitting watching him warm up last night. And uh, to be very, very honest, he was letting everything in in the warm-up. And Decker was sitting beside me and he says, says, are you watching this? And I'm going, hi. He says, he's, you know, he's nervous. He's making, another thing about Murphy, I don't know if you'd mentioned this. It was his debut. 
he's making his debut in the CHL as an yeah. 18-year-old for Shalefti yeah. who are leading the league in the SHL. So, you know, you're sitting looking at it going to this, you know, fair play to this kid. Like, he's obviously got something. But on the warm-up, we're sitting looking at it going, we've got a chance here. We really do have a chance. And Deco will come out with a little lad. He says, he's actually, he's actually looking a bit like me out there. <laughs> he said, Dick, stop, giving your, stop knocking yourself down. He says, no, no. He says, but that's the way they treat me in practice and warm up. He says, they just score past me every. And then all of a sudden, the kid comes up and plays the way he did. So, look, Shalafia are the real deal. I genuinely think they've got a chance of winning the league there, winning the SHL. Sorry. Well, SHL and the CHL this year, they, they're a top, top team. And uh, as, as Murph said, like you want to be at the top table with the, the teams of CHL and and we were we that's the second time we've done it now and and uh, hopefully the next time out will the the next season will be great. It's interesting you say that, Sis, because this I think they're taking it much more seriously this time around, Shaleftio, than a couple of the tournaments in the past because the best they've ever done in seven uh, trips to the CHL is I think uh, 2015 they made it to the semifinals, so they've never been in the final. And in the course of that, they're making SHL finals. They're winning SHL titles uh, in 2013, 2014. Go to six straight SHL playoff finals. They look like the blue chip team, but they've never been able to transfer that over to the SHL. I talked to some colleagues in Sweden, and they thought, they said to me, like, pretty unfortunate that Belfast drew that Swedish team because they really had the sense from the coach and whatnot there that they're really taking it seriously this year. The coach in Sheleftia was the assistant coach in Frölunda for years, and he won a CHL title with Frölunda as an assistant coach, and apparently he's hell-bent on winning the tournament this year. So you're up against a team that's taking it 100% is one of the things they want to accomplish this year. Murph, you know, we appreciate you coming on. Before we before we let you go, it'd be a us not to talk about, obviously, the coverage has taken place over the course of the season, how the uh, how you feel it's going, and how you feel the, uh, the Elite League started. Yeah, no, the Elite League is good, man. I talk about Peyton Jones. I think you guys were talking about Eamon McAdam earlier. Like, the goaltending is really good this year. I mean, if, uh, you know, I mean, Ben Bounds is back in the league, so it's been fun. I really enjoyed working with uh, your best mate, Colin Shields. Um, I mean, he sees the game so well, so I really enjoyed that. Angela Taylor has been a lot of fun. Uh, Coach Eddie was on last week in Sheffield. What a game that was. I mean, uh, Guilford are for real, as you guys found out. I mean, it, it's interesting because I think Paul Dixon doesn't get the, the credit he deserves in recruitment and the way he coaches. He brings in an offensive defenseman and he lets him be an offensive defenseman. He doesn't bring in an offensive defenseman and try and break him down and make him something he's not. So I, I, I think that the Guilford Flames are interesting. I think that I was talking to a colleague uh, at Premier Sports the other day and he goes, why haven't the Giants played a league game? And it's interesting because even because we're all used to the elite league and the intricacies, and I had to explain all oh, Challenge Cup and Champions Hockey League. And it's funny because this time of year, even people who are in the sports game are like, what's going on with the elite league? Why are the Giants haven't played a game in the league yet? It's so I, I kind of laughed at because we're all in it. We don't even we don't even look at that as an anomaly anymore. But, yeah, no, this, it started well. Uh, the coverage has been a lot of fun. We have a new production company this year. They're really keen, um, and I've really enjoyed working with with a couple of new voices like Sheds. That that um, point you brought up about the you know we we played one elite league game uh, in the league, and I think is it Guildford have got eight now. Chef are not they're Cardiff have got five, and I think it's I think that but that bit needs to be addressed. We should be everybody should be told to concentrate on the Challenge Cup to get the Challenge Cup done and dusted. Um, 
before Christmas for argument's sake instead of letting it draft on. But that's what's we've had this conversation before, Paddy. Well, we've well, we have we have, we've and we've had that question from Neil Braden there, just basically saying, ask Aaron if we need a CC overhaul, a Challenge Cup overhaul next season. Uh, prefer going to toe to toe with the league, not being several games behind. Do you feel that there needs to be a bit of overhaul? Yeah, I mean, look, um, last year was tough because the Glasgow clan weren't ready to go. So I thought maybe there'd be some sort of change this year. Uh, some would say that the Glasgow clan aren't going in the Challenge Cup right now either. The way they perform, they haven't been good. But I think for me, the Challenge Cup, Simon just hit the nail on the head. I think it has to be something that has to be over earlier in the season um, so that the, the league run-in is much more paramount. And, and exactly, I think... But look, I've talked to guys in the league and I've talked to people in that boardroom, not that I'm allowed in the boardroom, but I've talked to people after they come out of the boardroom. And uh, I said, like, I understand why things happen because there's availability of buildings. There's all this stuff that they'll tell you because it's a fact. But I think there needs to be an overhaul and there has to be someone in that boardroom who can come up with an idea. I mean, I'm sure if the four of us sat around with a couple of pints, we could probably sketch out something. But for me, it has to be over earlier. It drags on. And and how you have teams already qualified and teams that have only played a couple of games. And then you look at the league, the Giants, at the time I was talking to that guy, they hadn't played a game in the league. So I think it just makes for head-scratching moments. Um, I understand why it happens, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. And it certainly doesn't mean I have to think that we have to keep going the same way with it. But I think there definitely needs to be an overhaul, yes. And we were talking earlier on in the uh, talking earlier on the show about the sad passing of uh, of Wayne Hardman, Murph, and obviously you know yourself, Simon, you know doing play by play calls. Wayne did play by play for many years for the Belfast Giants, and it it is sad to see that that Wayne has now left us. Uh, yeah, condolences to his family. I I didn't know Wayne as well as you guys, but I, I've got some good Wayne Wayne Hardman stories from the old uh, Irish Ice Hockey League. Says um, Wayne used to come down to Dundalk, and I think we were playing. I think the Dublin Rams were playing the, the Dundalk Bulls or the Dundalk, whatever they were called. Um, Vitas Lucas Vicious, the Bulls, yeah. So Vitas Lucas Vicious, who's a linesman now, does a lot of games at the SSC Arena. He's a linesman now in the, in the Premier Sports Elite League. But I remember he cut across the middle of the ice and I caught him. Um, I probably was just too slow to be in the play and just caught him with it, probably trying to make a line change. Anyway, I hit uh, Vitas mm-hmm. and took a, a charging penalty. And on my way to the box, I said something. I won't tell you who the referee is, but you probably could guess because he knew about as much as hockey as my old laptop here. But he, I got a call. I went to the box, and uh, on my way to the box, I said something to the referee. Well, I didn't realize, but Wayne Hardman was in the penalty box. Now, he wasn't doing timekeeping or anything. He was just in the penalty box sitting there watching the game. And when I got in the penalty box, I took my helmet and threw it down, and it nearly hit him. And I just heard this gra- gravelly voice, which I recognized instantly as Wayne. And he said, like, you know, you're from Canada. Have some respect and show some restraint. And I went, you know what, Wayne? You're absolutely right. Well, you know what? What do you think I'm acting like here? He said something like, oh, you're acting like a savage or something like that. I said, you've not been to George Street on a Saturday night. You don't know what savage is. And we had a great <laughs> laugh. I think Wayne had probably had a beer or two and come into the penalty box to watch the game. But I had a couple of exchanges with Wayne during those those fun Saturday evenings in Dundalk, and he was a gem. Um, he was always kind to me, and I remember the playoff final weekend press conferences. I remember Doug Christensen sitting there once going, like, Wayne, you've been talking this for And there's other people Famous. there. I think I was working for ESPN at the time, and I'm like, I just want to ask a question. 
and then go file the story. And I just went, you know what? I'll just I'll just wait for Mr. Hardman to finish up. And Twenty I minute long question. I always had a lot of respect for Wayne, but it was about a thirty five minute question on on that probably was just breaking down period by period. And Doug Christensen <laughs> was like, "Whoa, I don't need to do any video. You've you've just you've, you've summed it all up." But uh, yeah. A lot of condolences going out to his his friends and family and, and those around the Giants that knew him well. I saw that news today. You posted a picture, I think, Sis, and I think I commented, but I always had a lot of time for Wayne. And in fairness, he always had a lot of time for other people in the media. He always had a hint or, a, you know, a, a bit of a quip or whatever, maybe try this or whatever. And uh, I'll always remember that night in the penalty box in Dundalk because I spent a lot of time in that penalty box, and it was nice when Wayne was in there to keep me company. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where you know yourself, Simon, Wayne, the play by play is not a not an easy thing to do. It's a it's a always small group of people who are able to do it and do it well. And Wayne was one of those. And you know we're we're sorry that he that he, like I say that he's now left us. We appreciate that you've joined us tonight, Murph. Um, obviously next week it's the game between the Belfast Giants and the Cardiff Devils in Cardiff, um, and that's going to be a big game live on Premier Sports. You tell us about that quickly. Yeah, we're going to be live next Friday, October 21st from Ice Arena Wales, 7 p.m. pregame show. Colin Shields will be uh, with me that night to give a, a goal scorer's perspective. Um, I think that's an intriguing matchup because Cardiff had struggled a little bit in the Cup and now we're going good in the league and seem to have picked it up in the Cup. But that's those two teams don't like each other, right? Let's be honest. I mean, the Challenge Cup final last year went down to the wire. Playoff final went down. Like, I mean... These are two teams. It's the cream of the crop. It's a heavyweight matchup, to, to coin a, an old phrase. Early on in the season, it's a Friday night game, prime time. I mean, uh, the storylines, I'm sure Killer will be lo loving seeing Sheds come through the door. And, you know, there's just such a connection between the Devils and the Giants. So I can't wait for that one. Um, you can check premiersports.com. There's also uh, an offer code right now if you're not a Premier Sports subscriber, Elite80. Go to premiersports.com, and when you go all the way through the subscription process at the end, you punch in Elite 80. So you can get 12 months of Premier Sports for about six, six pounds, 50 a month, 80 pounds for the year. So for a month, you get it for uh, the price of three Simon Kitchen webcasts. So it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> um, NHL live every night, of course, with that subscription. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> NHL live every night with that subscription and all the big Premier Sports Elite League moments, the Challenge Cup final, the playoff final week and all that sort of regular stuff. Um, so yeah, if you're not a subscriber, get in there now and get it while it's going because there won't be another offer, is my guess, once the uh, season comes thick and fast. But yeah, Montreal, Toronto on TV tonight as well. So it's it's fun, it's back, right? We're back, and I know Sizz will be up watching the Leafs. Uh, Austin Matthews is going to score 60 again this year, but it, it's that fun time of the year where we have Cardiff versus Belfast, we have Montreal versus Toronto. And you know what? That's a nice, a nice way for me to say thanks for having me on. Wayne Hardman would have loved these matchups he would have loved this this is the time of year when hockey fans sort of sat up and take notice so i think we should all raise a glass to win tonight and enjoy some really big matchups in the coming weeks whether it's on giants live tv uh at the rink it, where it's best obviously at ss arena or on premier sports so yeah it's a good time of year and and i think simon will feel the same way it's an honor to do uh the play-by-play -play role but wayne certainly was a trailblazer in that regard in in this uh in this region well, no better way to finish there, Murph. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, I think you might even see Davey next Friday, Davey. I'll be down. I'm actually bringing a uh, former U.S. Marine with me, a guy I've met in Bristol who's uh, just bumped into him, was chatting to him. 
And he says, oh, do you like hockey? And he's like, field hockey? Or, or I says, there's only one kind of hockey. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm actually from, I'm from Colorado. I'm, I'm like, you might not have heard of them. They're called the Avalanche. Never heard of them. Never win anything. I do a little bit for a hockey team, and we're actually playing the, the, the nearest rink. I know there's one in Bristol, but the nearest rink's in Cardiff, and there's a game on the 21st. Put it in your diary. So he did. So I'm take him down to the take him down to the rink and, and take him in the in the IHL game for his first time. Well, you know, you're sneaking, so are you sneaking across the border, USA Marine style? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm driving. <laughs> but I'll bring well, a coffee. So it's a good one for him to go to, right? It, it'll be a good yeah. game. I mean, I know he's used to winning Stanley Cups as an Avalanche fan, but that'll be a good Friday night at the Ice Arena in Wales for sure. And I look forward to uh, look forward to seeing your stats, man. So send me your uh, coffee order, and I'll bring you and Shazzy a coffee when I'm coming in. All right, I appreciate that. I'm Can't sure say further that, Murph. Thanks for your time, mate. Cheers, fellas. Mind yourselves. Cheers, bud. Big thanks to Aaron Murphy for his time spent so long with us chatting us about the CHL and, of course, about the coverage on Premier Sports. And like you say, you can get that game next week, next Friday, the Cardiff Devils against the Belfast Giants. We'll talk more about that next week. But you get that in Premier Sports. And, of course, we'll tweet out more information about how you can get Premier Sports for £80. Go on, do you want to say something there? I am just mm. listening to Murph. I don't know if he's still sitting in the green room at the back. But um, when you... You sit and look at Murph on and Premier Sports or Free Sports, you think butter wouldn't melt. He was a pain when he was playing. I mean, he never <laughs> shut up the whole time. Playing in the Irish League, he was chirping away at somebody every opportunity he got. But um, I, we played against him a few times and, and had a bit of bother with him. But, my God, he was just a pain in the backside. Um, always <laughs> looking to slag somebody off and chirp somebody. I don't think he's as savage as what Lexus Scott Conway is, but um, you know he was certainly he's new, new, Newfoundlander, isn't he? He's from yes. Newfoundland. Uh, we were just talking earlier on there about you know Swedish uh, you know guys going to NHL and and obviously me and Paddy, you're a, a Maple Leaf fan. Me and Paddy follow the Wings, and the Wings have always you know recruited well from the likes of Sweden, you know and. Still do always take a Swede in their draft pick, so that you never know somebody from Skellefteå could end up in the in the Joe. It's not the Joe anymore, but what is it like? Probably the little I was chatting about I was chatting the, the, the little Caesar, little Caesar. Right sitting chat to Mark Cooper, and um, we did our wee crossbar challenge yesterday morning, and I was sitting chatting to him after we're literally just coming off the ice in in uh, Um I didn't know this at the time, but Coops went to NHL. Um, uh, preseason with Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Okay, um, played with the Red Wings and, and for a preseason. He says, I says, Davy McGimsey and Paddy are, are mad Red Wings fans. He says, I have a lot of stuff in the house. He's like, oh, you, you might not have it, but he needs to get hold of you on the podcast. So, whenever you get him on, just make sure you ask him about it. He's probably so, 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 join us next week where our guest will be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new jumper, give <laughs> me new jumper right, next week. Um, Let's, uh, let's crack on a bit. Let's, uh, yeah. what have we got? Okay. Obviously, the lads are, um, knackered because they've had a big trip to Sweden and back. So there's no fun agenda with any, any of the Belfast Giants. Hopefully, we'll get one of the lads to join us next week. We did put out for a bit of Ask the Panel. We've got a couple of questions. I'll just put these out. One of them is, uh, from Scott Cameron. He said, the junior Giants under 12s win on the, uh, on the road against Aberdeen and Elgin. Definitely worth a mention, says. Look, it's great the kids are getting ice time again. It's been difficult here in Northern Ireland because of the non ice hole's been closed uh, with the strike. So uh, I think it's been rectified. I think they're back on the ice this weekend. But 
Um, yeah, look, it's always great for doesn't matter what age group they're getting. The kids should be playing as much as possible when they get the chance to play. Just go and do it, enjoy yourself, and and yeah, going the whole way to Aberdeen and winning that's definitely makes that bus ride the whole way back again a lot easier. Whatever level you're playing at, we do have it comes back to that question regards to we put to, to Aaron Murphy about the uh, about the Belfast Giants within the CHL. Both Alan Price and Kevin Madden more or less asking the same question. Davey, is it is it worth the Belfast Giants being in there, or or focusing more on domestic, or <clears throat> better to be in the Continental Cup with regards to the standard that we play? I think Simon and Murph talked very very well about the the pros. Yeah for the CHL, you know, the, the recruitment side, guys want to play in those top competitions. And so I'll, I'll go for the devil's advocate route of, you know, one of the very best days that I've ever had in the SSE, the Odyssey, was the the final against Ireland a number of years ago where we're the width of a, a post away from winning it all. And I often talk about making memories and hanging banners. That's what I'm in hockey for. And, and you know, we came very, very close that day. We've, we've made lots of memories. We've made lots of memories in the CHL, but we'll have a better chance of hanging a banner in the Continental Cup. And I don't know if you... Had we been in the Continental Cup this year, would we have kept the Scott Conway as opposed to his opportunity to go and play in the CHL? I don't know, because I'm not, not at that part of the organisation where that, that those things are discussed. But, you know... If we keep a Scott Conway for a season or a Mark Cooper for a season or David Goodwin for a season or we, we, we bring in a top-level goaltender because we're playing in the CHL as opposed to playing those two weekends in the Continental Cup, I guess I'm going to go with the CHL. I loved the Continental Cup setup, the weekend of, of competition over sort of two, three days where you have an opportunity to, 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 to take a, a trophy was, was really great. So I'm I'm right on the fence now with it, Paddy, because I can see if I thought that going into the CHL was like the financial windfall that it almost is for the likes of Olinfield, where they come in and, and domestically they can then dominate year on year, qualify again the next year, get so much money and dominate. But the CHL for the Belfast Giants, now I'm this is only pure speculation. I don't think we're in it for the money. No. Simon can crack me if I'm right or wrong. He works for the organization. But I guess that we're in it for the exposure and the games. Um, if anything, it probably costs us money to be in it. CHL or the, the Continental Cup, I don't think would be any different. I think it's still an expensive, you know, you want to try and host it, which is a great to, to host this uh, Continental Cup game. There's pros and cons for both of it. And on any given day, I could be talked either direction. I think it's one of those as well. It's the fact that now that we're in it, now that we've been in it twice, that if we go on to win, uh, we win the league this year, we've got the option to go into the CHL. We can't necessarily, we can't turn it down now. It shows lack of ambition. It shows the lack of maybe you know the lack of a spine if we don't go back into it because you know you think oh we don't want to play it anymore. When you get the opportunities to play on the top table yeah. and you make that, you have to go and you have to do it again and you have to do it again. There's no real. I don't think there's no real onus in the chance or. Uh, option for the Giants now to basically say yes we've won the league but we are not doing the Champions Hockey League we'll pass it on to X I don't think that's even an option now um one last question we've got from uh, Matt Patton it's for you Simon and what's what's Kitchy's views in this year's team who stands out for him as the most standout player who stands out the most standout player so far this season Scott Conway yep he's he's been unbelievable um you know, the, I still think it's early days. It's, 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 you know, when you're, you've got 16 guys 
um, 16 imports, sorry, you know, they're all battling for, for playing. Um, you're going to pick up injuries. I mean, with a couple of knocks last night, hopefully the boys will feel okay for the weekend. Um, uh, but, you know, Scott Conway just come in from last season uh, with a lot of confidence and, and, and rightly so. I mean, some of the, I, I just think he's got better this year again as well, you know, and, and my understanding, I don't think he was on the ice much during the summer, you know, he goes out and enjoys himself. And then when he's turned time to turn up and, and putting that in his chest as well, has been a really smart move by Adam. He's been really good in the room this year again, um, on and off the ice. And, um, but I, I he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I rant and rave about like said, Ben Lake and, and Mark Cooper. Uh, but you know, with that one player standing out, it's, it's, it's gotta be, uh, Scott Comey is it, was it 13 goals this year, Davey, so far. Something around that. I was just finishing the stats off earlier, so it's something around that, yeah. You know, yeah. 13 goals and probably 13 games. Is it 14 games? It's just 14 games we've played, yeah. Yeah, it's been he's been brilliant, he's been absolutely brilliant. Hard to disagree with that. Um, big thanks to everybody who sent in their questions, and uh, we'll get back to normal procedure next week with the fan agenda. Um, quickly before we move on to the last few bits of the show, it's the player of the month. Sponsored by Phonicab. It was announced, it was uh, presented on Sunday. And of course, with 55.2% of the vote, uh, just ahead of Scott Conway, the, the winner this year, this side for September was Kieran Long. Um, he was presented on Sunday's after Sunday's game against the Guildford Flames. Uh, says I'll come to you first. Longer, any, any, uh, any problems with that decision? No, he's played well throughout the CHL uh, first four or five games and um, picked up a couple of important goals. And and you know what, we we, we Davey's mentioned this over the years, and um, I think he's deserved to be you know in the, maybe the top six arguably um, for the way he started out the season. Uh, but it, it's 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 getting that it's getting that point where you need to be turned up every single game. And 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 uh, and Davey's touched on it. At, on numerous occasions over the years is maybe having the wrong passport for him. Um, not getting the ice time he deserves, but the ice time he has got this year, he's definitely deserved it. Um, the ice time that he's, he's taken advantage of as well. Um, and it's good to see a Brit winning the, the uh, player of the month as well. David. Yeah, I agree with what what Simon has said there. I, I think the, the, the highlight goal was, was it away in Davos he scored or was it Trinidad mm-hmm. he scored the, Davos, um, Davos, just couldn't remember that. One, he scored some crucial goals, and and he scored goals right through preseason and uh, into the start of September. So fair play to him. Ice time. I am a great believer in meritocracy. I think you have to earn ice in everything in life, not just hockey, but everything in life. You earn what you get. And Kieran Long has earned the opportunity to play top six minutes. And when he gets that opportunity, then as Simon says, he has to take grasp that nettle. And, and take that opportunity. You've got to perform as well as you've been performing in the bottom six when you get into the top six, if not better. You, those opportunities are about stepping stones and getting those top six minutes and keeping those top six minutes because you don't want to be going back down again. So I think he's he's had a, a really, really strong start to the season. We talk, and I know and I don't mean this disparagingly. Me and Simon talked about it yesterday and the, the differences, the levels that we talked about earlier, you know, Longer thinking about his career afterwards will be today or tomorrow or the weekend or whatever. He'll be cutting her thinking about his career after hockey whilst holding down a professional hockey career again. And he's playing in the CHL against 
guys that are on the road to the NHL, not ones that are coming down the other side. So it's so difficult for these guys, but he just has to keep believing in himself. And when those opportunities come, kick the door in. Well, congratulations to Kieran Long. I think well worth the win for the first Player of the Month award sponsored by Fornica. Big thanks to Fornica for sponsoring the award and congratulations to them on being presented the award on Sunday. Um, briefly, news. There's no dops to talk about. Um, I went to see Sheffield against Manchester uh, in the in Altrincham on Saturday. Uh, it was an OT them? win. I did, yeah. My, my nephew was visiting. I think I went to this watch. Um, you not like him? Well, <laughs> he has to go. Went the uh, went to watch City against Southampton, and uh, he he's a Southampton fan, so they lost that game. And he says, you want, "Can we go and watch the hockey?" So we went and watched uh, Sheffield beat Manchester in overtime with Dodge scoring an OT winner to make it a five four win, uh, despite. Luca scoring two goals against his own club on his debut and loving every single minute of those two goals that he scored. He scored one in front of the Sheffield fans and you just saw the big smile on his face. Uh, but yeah, it was a 5-4 win for uh, for Sheffield in the end. Um, in Glasgow, uh, on the ice, the clan can't buy a win. While off the ice, a statement to it. Whoa, whoa. A statement from Neil Black tries to explain the quiet response over the week to the goings-on that have been happening in Renfrew, but also states he's willing to either sell the club or open the ownership group. There's been a suggestion of a bid from a group of sponsors, but to date, this appears to be a little more than a registered company and a hashtag of hashtag back the bid. Um, David, we talked about it last week. Just, Simon, your take. You know, obviously, you know, we, were, we saw what's happened the last number of weeks with sponsors coming in and out and, and the difficulty there. You know, What are your thoughts on what's happening in Glasgow? <sighs> to be honest... I mean, I, I we know the story. I'm, I'm just Belfast Giants. That's all I concentrate on. I'm not worried about a Royal Art team in the league. However, losing a team, especially in Scotland, could be very detrimental. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, the likes of Dundee and Fife sort of depend on those games. That the the clan being a good crowd. Um. You know, a couple of times, three, four, five times a year, whatever it may be. It's it's one of those ones where. It, be careful what you wish for. Um, you know, I know that the whole situation has not been dealt with um, to everybody's satisfaction. I don't, and I, I, I'm trying to be careful what I say with regards to being disrespectful to anybody, and then that's certainly not the way I intended. Um, the whole thing's been a shambles, if you want to put it that way, um, and it's just a matter of of doing the right thing, and if if, if if Neil Black wants to sell it or he wants to open the ownership group, whatever that means, um, then that's up to him. It's his business. It's his, he's been the one who's putting money into it. Um, but as I say, be careful what you wish for because it doesn't, running a hockey team, whether it's putting your own money into it or, or looking for sponsors, sponsors are very, very difficult to come by and you need to treat them properly and i'd like to think we do a really good job at, at belfast and and there's other teams around the league that do a good job with it as well um and losing sponsors whether it's temporarily or whether it's for that's it done is a really difficult thing to take as well because this sport in the uk is is a difficult um proposition to sell if you want to put it that way yes okay we get we get uh, coverage on premier sports we get coverage on local uh, channels with bbc and utv here in northern ireland uh, and, and it's one of those situations where if you get the opportunity to 
to bring a new sponsor along the game. I mean, I'm always at our, our sponsors, like, you know, invite your friends. And a lot of people who own businesses are friends with people who own businesses. So, you know, it's it's makes it a lot easier if they're bringing their mates to a game and then I just know that they're coming and I pop in and do what I do uh, to try and make more money and, and bring more money in for the club and the Belfast Giants. That's, that's the way it works. And, you know, when I seen Jerry McLaughlin leaving uh, the clan yeah. last week, that's a difficult one because he's a good guy. And then, and, and you know, trying to, um, you know, find somebody who gets on with the sponsors like Jerry does is that it, it, that's going to take some doing. So look, it would be, it would be. I know they haven't got off to a great start. That when all this happened and, and uh, they came in and played. Was it Coventry on Saturday they played? It took them to overtime or Sunday, maybe? Overtime. Took them to overtime. And they got hammered by five. Um, yeah, it, you know, the, they, they need to get a win. Whether they bring in new players or not, they need to get a win because, you know, nine or ten games this season haven't got any points on the board. Um, it's a tough one to take. Uh, but as I say, it's it, it's it's a, it's a difficult situation and, and hopefully they get it sorted. Uh, to everyone's benefit, and 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 hopefully it's sooner the better. I, I think it's an excellent point there, says, and I, and I totally agree. It's you know, careful what you wish for. I think that yes, th- it's been a bit of a shambles. Things have been handled badly, and 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 you know there are people resigning. We've had the resignation of Craig Anderson as well from a media perspective, with the resignation of Jerry McLaughlin from you know his work with the sponsors and behind the scenes with regards to that club. But I, and there's been a lot of social media noise, a lot of social media noise of the sponsors and whatever. Which you know yes, people are angry about yeah. what's happened and the way it's going. But like you say, be careful what you wish for because ultimately the blacks have funded that team for the black family has funded that team for 12 years that team has been going for 12 years on the basis that 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 family has sustained it and yes they now want to maybe open it up but you see a lot of people saying about how you know neil black needs to go this that and the other Uh, you know there needs to be an understanding of why they have that club why they're in this why they have such a good facility there now that you know that they're helping to run and where that hall has come from because yes you know the incident is unsavory it's difficult and there's going to be a lot of people annoyed at what happened but from a larger perspective you still want to have that hockey team from the elite league perspective from the scottish elite league perspective and from the glasgow fans because if if you get a new buyer and if that buyer is the wrong buyer and it doesn't go well you could see the end of that club. Well, I mean, look, look what happened to the the our, um, Scottish Eagles when they left. You right. know, they, they thought it was going to take maybe a couple of months or maybe a year to get them back and running again. Even the Edinburgh Capitals. You know, it's great to see the Edinburgh Capitals back playing hockey again. Are they going yes. to get to this level again? I've, I've absolutely no idea. Um, but you, you just don't want teams. We're, we've got to the stage now where we have 10 teams in this league. You want to expand it. You don't want to get it. Make it in nine, eight, seven, six teams. You want the expanded. You want other teams coming in. You want other people coming in and investing in in the likes of you know whether it be. There was talking about Telford coming in at one point. There was talking about Hull coming back in. You know you want these big cities. You need a team in Glasgow. You really do need a team in Glasgow. You you know you you, you want teams. Ultimately, you'd love to see a Manchester team getting back into the MDN Arena or whatever it's called. I have no way. I can't remember what it's called. But Ayo. that's what that's Ayo. what you're up against. You need, you know, we need a team in London. You want to get this product out there to expand the whole of the UK and try and get more investment into the sport because it's going to benefit everybody if that's the case. 
There's, a, there's actually a new arena opening in Manchester as well. It's even bigger than that arena. It's happened in Is the it really? Area. A co-op, yeah. Apparently, oh. apparently the, the ownership group are involved with the NHL as well, so don't rule out a, a team playing an NHL game happening in Manchester. But yeah, the co-op arena is due to open early next year, I think. But, uh, but yeah. But anyway, yes, uh, we'll move on from that. Thanks for that, Sis. Um, next week's games, Belfast Giants against the Coventry Blaze, Saturday at 7pm at the SSE Arena and on Giants TV. And, of course, the away game, the away to Coventry, uh, that is 6pm on Sunday, and that is on Blaze TV. Um, who, yeah, you've had uh, Gareth Martin on the last couple of weeks. Uh, last week, uh, Sis, it's been, uh, it's been very entertaining. Marty's good lad. Um, you know we're trying to get the, the the players don't particularly like doing it. Deco thinks he's crap at it. I particularly he's like wrong. Deco doing it with. I think he's he articulates mm. the game really really well. Um, and he, he's a bit hard on himself one time. But you know Marty's enjoyed it. Game Walton's been in a few games. Um, Shane Johnson was back online there last week yeah. as well. So yeah, it's, great. Um, it's great to have you know the experience of guys who've played at that level. Um, who you know. We basically come in and, and give their top and worth and and you know make it like a wee bit of a, a product that people want to watch and, and pay their fifteen quid. Never mind Premier Sports. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> of course, Coventry are now coming in. They're sitting second in the league with twelve points, having only lost one game out of the seven they've played. And tonight they hammered the uh, the Coventry. Well, but they were hammering the side. turned out it was five three in the end. The Coventry beat Guildford in the Challenge Cup. Guildford, and another bit of news is the fact that with them dropping points in the Challenge Cup, I believe that leaves us now as top seed in the in the Challenge Cup because we were the only teams not to have lost a game or dropped a point. But um, I guess we'll see as the season proceeds how that Challenge Cup group comes together. Uh, but yes, Belfast Giants versus Coventry Blaze, Saturday at 7pm at the SSC Arena. And Coventry versus Belfast Giants, Sunday at 6pm at the, Sky, at the Sky Dome. If you're not getting to that, you can get that on Blaze TV. Uh, any other business, boys? I have um, Laura Small on to me today. Um, we have stem cell uh, testing on the bridge this weekend. Uh, please, 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 please. If you're coming to the game um, and you, you can, you're eligible and, and, and you know, basically come along. It's it's painless. It's you know, it's literally a couple of swabs in the cheek. It's not like a lateral flow test when COVID was rife. Um, you know, it only takes a couple of seconds. McKeever's Pharmacy are putting uh, their volunteers on the bridge to do it this weekend. And it's for, you know, it, it's vitally important that we help if we possibly can. So if you can do it, come along. It's on the bridge at the game against Coventry on Saturday. Um, and hopefully you can you can spare a couple of minutes of your time. Fabulous stuff. David, anything from yourself? Two things. Quickly, I'm going to put out this week, we've agreed with Laura, she's been down to see AJ and I, and we've agreed that we're going to partner up with AJ and I this year for the uh, the stats-based um, challenge, which is just going to be goals. It's going to be golden. <clears throat> so we're going, to, we're going to try and raise money for AJ and I, and they're going to put money directly in the grannies and grandmas' pockets that need it with this credit crunch. People that need heat in the winter, we're going to try and get cash in their pockets. So... Please help me, support me on that. I'll put that item on Twitter in the next coming days. And the only other thing is it's Little Pixie's birthday. I think it was either yesterday or today. Yes, it was. So happy, yesterday. So happy birthday, Pixie, from all us at AVFTV Towers. Have a great day, love. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, sorry, birthday, one other thing, Paddy. Uh, OSC do their first... The golf. 
golf next um, Tuesday night. All the boys are going to be there. Um, it's sold out in 20 minutes. And we've got we've sold out in 20 minutes. Sold out in 20 minutes. And we've got 10 uh, reserve teams waiting in case somebody doesn't take their place on Saturday when they come and pay for their, their uh, golf. But everybody's going on, on Tuesday night. So really looking forward to that as well. Fantastic! It was good to get it's good to get the, the OSC are getting such support for that, and it's you know if people want to uh, join the OSC, I guess they can do that at the OSC desk at the uh, at the at the home games. So, no OSC desk no. memberships closed at the minute because we said we we basically closed it <laughs> because when you announce events, everybody wants to become a member, and the events are going to be coming thick and fast this year. So we closed it to let the people have a chance who have actually been members, and there are members at the minute. It might open up again, um, but haven't made that decision yet because they've had their opportunity at the start of the season. The people just want to come when you organise an event. And it's not fair um, on the people who've already committed to, to being a member. So thanks to all the members again. The support's been absolutely brilliant. And the OSC volunteers and then all the volunteers again we talk about are absolutely brilliant this season. And Davey doing his stats has been great as well. It's, uh, Team br- it's brilliant that it's getting such Team behind me. Sorry, Davey. I've got a team behind me. That would be wrong to take the credit for it all. Well, that team needs a leader, Davey. That says. <laughs> <laughs> he texts every week Good. going, email every week going, any chance of these stats, mate? So, you know. uh, it's about <laughs> five past five on a Saturday afternoon. He's doing he it when he's sitting he in the just over football for Long Ashton, for goodness sake. They're done. They're done. <laughs> day, just to be tidied up and topped and tailed and sent over. A couple of wee milestones coming up, so. Don't like to scud them, but you'll hear about them whenever they happen yep. soon. Fantastic. Well, listen, let's wrap it up there, boys. Like I said, the two games for the Belfast Giants this weekend are both against the Coventry Blaze at home on Saturday at 7pm and away on Sunday at 6pm. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena on Saturday for that game. If you can't, join Mr. Kitchen on Giants TV. And if uh, if you're if you're making your way over to the Sky Dome, enjoy that. And if you're not, Blaze TV for that big thanks to aaron murphy for joining us on this week's show you can get us on uh, on facebook on twitter on youtube and of course you can download the audio version as always on likes of apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts amazon all that sort of stuff you get us kingdom and um i've not done any of the tiktoks not this week i might do that again it was good to start it we'll, we'll see what happens then says listen really good to see you uh, thank you for sticking with us so long after what has been a long trip to Sweden. And uh, good luck this weekend with the commentary. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Majemsey, I'll, um, I shall see you as always next week with uh, maybe Mr. Neil back. I think he's gallivanting in London this week. But we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But uh, we'll see you then. And uh, thanks to everybody watching in and sending in your comments, your questions, and likes through the show. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time. One of you from the bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.